are left-handed people better at killing? We take a look at an island paradise ruled by pirates. And then we take a look at Oregon's own Crater Lake. What mysteries lie beneath the mysterious blue, impossibly deep water? We'll find out. We'll, we'll, we'll guess today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another... I'm going to start doing... Hey, I didn't notice you there. My name's Jason. That'll be my new interest starting starting season four. But for now, hey everyone, um, what was my intro again? Damn it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. We're going to start this episode off with something that I don't think I've done before, even though I probably should have multiple times. We're going to start it off with a correction, and this is the reason why. Yesterday's episode with the Brazilian, uh, this SpongeBob SquarePants defecation Brazilian broadcast, I, I said twice, I go, listen, I'm just reading news articles about the water quality over there. I have a lot of listeners in Brazil, and I have friends in Brazil. I said, if I'm wrong, let me know. Because I've learned my lesson as an old man that a lot of times news articles will hype stuff up. I got a YouTube comment today from a YouTube user named Bruno Profeta, and he clarified it. He said that the water there was polluted because of illegal dumping, and that was the water that was being used for the Olympic sports. He said the tap water that we drink doesn't have raw sewage in it. So, and, and I figured, like, I figured that. That was the thing. As I was reading the articles, they made it sound to be this super dire, horrible water catastrophe down there. And he clarified that for me. So I wanted to make sure that I got that out. And again, I kind of figured that. As far as the conspiracy goes, if you believe that the SpongeBob SquarePants defecation Brazilian broadcast is real, it could still have been a stomach virus and it was a cover up by the government or the biological warfare weapon or whatever. But I just wanted to clarify that the drinking water over there, for the most part, is as clean as other countries. The news articles are making it sound like it was just like you turn on the faucet and black sludge came out. But you know the media, they love to hype stuff up. Okay, so let's go ahead and was there any other information I had? I'm still just watching Star Trek. I gotta admit, I gotta admit, man, I'm at work today, and I was like, dude, I can't wait till I get home and can watch more Star Trek. And I'm like, dude, that's not good for the show. Like, you should be like, I can't wait to get home to work on the show. But I do love myself some Star Trek. Okay, first story comes from the magical year of 2004, as we delve back into the mystery of new news. So, it's 2004, this study came out, and what happened were these scientists were sitting around in their lab coats, going, you know what? Left-handed people are better at sports. And the scientists are like, what sports? And the main scientist is like, it's something we don't do. But remember those guys who picked on you in high school? They're like, yeah, I remember. They played sports. Oh, okay. So left-handed people are better at sports, the scientist, the lead scientist says. He goes, I wonder if they're better at combat as well. I wonder if there's an evolutionary advantage to being left-handed. And that's why it has lasted all these millennia. Is it millennia? Is that plural by itself? I think it is. So, and the other scientists get mad at him because he mispronounced the scientific word. He gets rushed out of the room and he's like, oh, I thought the bullying was over when I left high school. But anyway, so the study looked at this idea that do, are left-handed people better at combat? Now, you can't organize just like the righties versus the lefties in like this mass melee in the middle of Milan. Hey, you like that? I, there you go. If you like wordplay. Okay, so I'm ve- I was very proud of myself that I did that, if you can't tell. They couldn't do that. 
So what they had to do is look at murder rates, look at homicide rates of countries to see if there's correlation between left-handed people murdering more than right-handed people. So what they thought of was this. In Diola of Burkina Daso, and I get it, I don't know where the place is either, but I think Diola is a city. It may be a region, but I still have no idea where Burkina, I probably should have researched it. Burkina Daso is 3.4% of the population is left-handed, and their murder rate is 0.013 per 1,000 people. So they're like, oh, okay, that's, that's, that proves it, right? And they're like, no, no, we have to compare it against something. The scientists are like, damn it, got to do more work. So they go to Ipo of Indonesia, where 27% of the people there are left-handed. So a huge difference. You have over a quarter of the people are left-handed. Their cars don't work. Everyone's really good at baseball. There's over 25% of the population is left-handed. There, it's three murders per 1,000 people. So a vast, vast... You figure, I'm not going to do the math for you, but the 27% versus the 3%, but 0.013 versus three murders. A huge, a vast, vast different... Wait, is that vast? I can't... Uh, yeah, 0.13 by times that by... It would take three to get it up to 39, and then another three to get it up to 99. So that would be six times... That would get it up to one, and then you'd have to times it by three. So that's an 18%. That's like an 18-fold increase, I believe. 18-fold increase of murders in a town with the lowest population of left-handed people versus the highest population of left-handed people. And the scientists go, well, there we go. Left-handed people are better at combat. They're at least better at surviving homicides. Now... Again, other scientists were like, I don't really know about that because homicides can be done with guns or cars or hot air balloons or however you want to kill somebody. So there's still more study that needs to be done. But based on just these raw numbers, it does look like left-hand people are at least more violent than right-handed people, if not better fighters. Thank you, New News. You always come up with some really bizarre stuff. Okay, so now we're sailing. We're leaving Ipo of Indonesia, which is actually cool because we're actually quite close. We just got like, we're running, we just run to the boat, dude. Just We're getting on the rabbit rowboat. I know it's small and there's a lot of us. But there's a bunch of lefties chasing us through the, through the streets. Just run, run, run. Luckily, they're left-handed, so they keep turning left at every block. They keep getting lost. However, eventually they will catch up to us. Get on the boat, get on the boat. Now, this time, I've reconfigured the rabbit rowboat. It's the same rowboat, but now it just has a little Jolly Rogers, a little skull and crossbones on it. Anyways, as we get it all in the boat, we start rowing away very slowly. The left-handed people do catch up to us because they can wade in three feet of water. They beat us up. But we still won't be deterred because we have a mission. We have to go find the legendary island of Libertatia. Or Libertatia. We'll call it Libertatia. So, this was requested by a YouTube user named Weiselhorn. Said, hey, check out the story of Libertatia. He's like, I will. So we're going back to the 17th century, so we're going to row 88 miles an hour in this rowboat, which I'm sure is possible. If you can go down a river blindfolded in bird box, we can row 88 miles an hour in the real world. We row, we go through a time portal. Back in time. Middle of the ocean. Probably should have planned it better. We're out there for maybe about an hour or two. I'm already checking out which one of you has the most muscle muscle tissue on you, because I'm getting a little hungry. I'm like, hmm. I, I I might eat that person. I might eat that person. But... 
Before I can, a huge pirate ship comes up alongside of us, sneaks up on us somehow, and they're like, Ahoy, mateys! What are you doing? And we're all black and blue from our fight in Indonesia. And he's like, oh, it looks like you guys had a, a bad tussle with some left-handed people. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know the half of it. And they, they, hop, they let us get on board. And the captain of the ship is James Mission. We're like, hey, James. He's all, call me Jimmy. And then we meet uh, a priest named Signor Caracioli. We're just going to call him the priest from now on, by the way. But anyway, so we asked James, hey, what's going on? And he's like, well, you know, I'm not going to do that voice all the time. So James explains to us that he used to not be the captain of the ship. The ship had a previous captain, and the captain died, as will happen on pirate ships in the 17th century. But... When he died and the ship was out in the middle of nowhere with no captain, the priest that they had picked up along the way, he had a vision of a new world. And him and James became close friends when James was just like the first mate or the first matey on the boat. And the priest was like, you know what, there's a better way to live. We can live as a commune where everyone has a voice, everyone has a vote, everyone does the work that's needed to provide for the community and everyone gets rewarded the same in return. James is like, oh, it sounds a little socialistic, but, you know, maybe we'll give it a try. That might actually be a good way to run a pirate ship. So when the captain died, at this point, James had been told all this stuff by the priest, and he was telling the other men on the boat. Now, they didn't have a lot of time. The boat's sailing in the middle of nowhere. They got no captain. They need someone to make decisions. But there, I imagine this, this rousing speech, like, we are all the same. Remember what the priest just said about all that stuff that I don't want to repeat? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, we should do that. We should. Everyone has a vote. And just we work as a group. And they're like, yeah. So anyways, they're sailing along. Now the guys go, that is a good idea. So they vote to make James captain. So now you have Captain Mission and he is the captain of the ship. The boat goes on, and, they, and, and they're and they thinking, you know what? And it, what's interesting about this is that, that now he's captain. He wasn't making unilateral decisions. He would come up with a plan and then pr- put it to a vote. And other people could come up with plans as well. But this, there's still a pirate ship at their core. So they're like raiding other ships, blowing people up, still in their booty. But then they come to a ship, and they're like, attack it, shooting the cannons, muskets, loading it. Aiming it. Okay, now I gotta load it again. Two minutes of this. Oh no, I dropped I dropped my black powder. I gotta pick it up. Get a schmitter to the face, or however you pronounce it. So anyways, they're doing all this stuff. They raid the ship. It's a slave ship. And they're like, this is a new order. This is the new age for humanity. They tell the slaves, you're free. You can join our ship, and this is the deal. One man, one vote. We all work. We all get paid. Or we'll drop you off wherever you want to go. So some of the slaves were like, yeah, take us take us to wherever. And then the other slaves were like, dude, I got nothing going on at that place. I will become part of your crew. And so that became almost like a side mission for them. Their main quest was just to be pirates. But then they started attacking slave ships as, almost like again, like a side quest, freeing slaves. At this point, Captain Mission says, you know what? Put it to a vote. What do you guys think about forming a city? And everyone's like, yeah! So the boat sails along. They get to Madagascar. And they're like, this is a perfect place. Tropical paradise. There's a bunch of penguins here. Let's do this. So they start to set up 
the city. Now, they meet with the local villagers who are already there. And because they seem to be so affable and they're just like, hey, we're not like super barbaric. We have like this commune, this new society we're trying to build. The villagers took to them very well. They start building what's known as Libertatia. It is to law enforcement. It is a pirate cove. It is a hideout where bandits go. But to the pirates of Libertatia, it was true freedom. They begin intermarrying with the villagers. The villagers are like, oh, this is totally dope. They're bringing, they're giving us like gold and stuff like that. They're really good neighbors. Sure, I'll let you date my daughter. And they start to really intermingle with the communities there. Everything's going perfectly swell. They end up, and this is, this always is a philosophical question I got to throw in here. So they end up building a home base, like a really sick pad. And then they rebuild their boat. Now, this is always that question. I don't know what the name of the boat is, but let's call it the Jolly Roger. If you had the boat, the Jolly Roger, and rebuilt it so at in a year it wouldn't have one single nail or one single plank of wood or a single sail or nothing is the same as when that ship was originally launched, is it still the Jolly Roger? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> so I just thought it was an interesting point that was in here. So everything's going great. They're getting riches but what happened was eventually over the years you are going to have problems not in the internal community but with another tribe because at the end of the day everyone has their own boundaries and their territory and your little country may be great but another country may want what you have or it may have a religious difference or whatever but there was a raid from another village onto Libertatia and the priest Captain Mission's best friend, and really the spiritual advisor, the person who started this whole thing, was killed. And at that point, Captain Mission was just like, we're going to leave. Like, it was great while we were here, but my heart's just not in it anymore. Like, the the town is dead. So the, the pirates who wanted to stay behind because they had families there could stay because, again, no, it was whatever you wanted to do. And Captain Mission took his boat, his brand new boat, or is it? Sailed off with his crew to continue their mission of robbing people and freeing slaves. And no one ever saw the boat again. It was either lost in a storm or sunk. But it, by all accounts, when Captain Mission left Libertatia for the last time, he was a shell of a man. The death of the priest really, really affected him. The death of the priest and his best friend, whose name I can't pronounce, really kind of crushed him. And in a way ended this dream of his for a free world. Now, what's interesting is that there's no proof that that story ever existed. There are books written about it, and there's articles written about it around the time. It was a folk legend, and people have actually gone looking for the city of Libertatia. They don't know if it is a pirate's folk tale. They don't know if it's a piece of fiction that someone in England made up. They don't know if it's partially true. There's no I, there's no proof of it at all. But what's interesting about it is that they have found remains of like pirate bases in Madagascar, but they can't say for sure, oh no, this is Libertatia. So it would make sense because they were pirates. It's not like they were keeping, you know, <laughs> it's not like they had GoPros and they were recording everything. They weren't writing everything down. They were criminals at the end of the day. But it could it could have been real. And there was just no written documentation of it, and just stories were passed. As sailors and slaves came and went from Libertatia, the story would kind of grow, the myth would grow, and things like that. But it really, I think it's an interesting story, and it kind of talks about, like, it's, it's, a, it's a Robin Hood story on the high seas. He still was a pirate, though. He still did kill people, but 
Libertatia. Maybe someday they'll find proof of it. I don't know. But again, 17th century criminal headquarters. I don't think it was. Prob- I don't think it was it probably up to code. I think probably after a couple of years, everything either washed away or got stolen to build other buildings on the island and so on and so forth. But there are people still looking for it, so there's enough anecdotal evidence that the story is real. But I, we may never know. I wonder if they ever found Robin Hood's house. I've always heard that Robin Hood was kind of real, kind of based on a real person, but maybe not. But he would have had to live in a house somewhere. <laughs> there's a house, there's a drawing of a fox on it. Like, he, Robin Hood would have had to, like, chill out somewhere. It's funny to think that you could be walking through the woods in England, or Sherwood Forest, to be specific, I guess I should say, and you could be walking down the same path that Robin Hood was, like, brutally murdering people, and you would never know it. I wonder if what, his name wasn't actually... I wonder if that's where the word hood comes from, like a hoodlum. Because you were like, Robin Hood. Okay, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next story. Now, the next story was another another request. This was from Matthew, Matthew C. He emailed me about this. It was funny because he, we were kind of talking about... He was throwing me out the story idea, and he goes, Oh, I'm sure you've heard a lot about Crater Lake being in Oregon. But again, I don't have a car, so if it's not within walking distance, it might as well be on the moon. Which is a hologram, by the way. I know that in the Dalles, which is probably about 30 miles away from here, it's kind of the home of Bigfoot sightings in Oregon. I guess there was a Bigfoot... I need to go out there and talk to some weirdos. Because apparently there was a Bigfoot like walking by a mobile home complex in the 1970s. Hood River, the only thing I ever came across was once on 4chan. One single reference said in Hood River back in the 90s, there was a big black dog, a phantom dog stalking the city. Never found any other information on that ever. Never found. I was going through like old news articles. Couldn't find anything on it. It, Unfortunately, 1990s kind of predates the internet, so it it can be tough. But big black dog in Hood River. I've seen some crazy stuff here. I'll go into that later. But to Crater Lake. So we're going back into the future. We are in Oregon. Hey, we're at my house. We got 2,000 people crowded in my house right now. I'm like, hey guys, what's up? How you doing? Don't bump into anything. I'm sorry the place is messy. It's normally not like that. Wink, wink. That's always my lie when people come over. I'm like, yeah, I was just, I just unpacked. That's why this place is like this. It's not normally this messy. Fingers crossed me on my back. Anyways, and we're all going to walk out of my apartment. It's going to take a while because there's 2,000 of us. That's my listenership right now, if you can believe that. It's amazing. Thank you, guys. We walk out of the apartment, and we're going to get in the Jason Jalopy. It's the only thing. It's a land vehicle. Carbon copter still being washed off from the last episode. Till <laughs> going down the road, 10 miles an hour. It's going to take a while. Luckily, we all packed a sack lunch. I hope you did, at least. And we drive all the way up to Crater Lake. Now, Crater Lake used to be a volcano, and the top just <laughs> blew up one day. And then it became a big crater. It wasn't actually like an impact crater. Or maybe it didn't blow up, maybe it imploded. But anyways, the top was gone. And it's funny because in Native American legends, they're always like, oh, that place is cursed. Which makes sense because if your ancestors saw a mountain disintegrate, you would list that on your 10 places not to go. That place is definitely cursed. Crater Lake is only filled with snow runoff and rainwater. It's some of the cleanest water in the world, unless the snow's really dirty, unless, like, dirty people are rolling around in the snow. It's not fed by any sort of streams or underwater wells or anything like that. For the longest time, there was the myth, and up until quite recently, that Crater Lake was bottomless. They never knew how deep it was. It ended up being, like, 3,000 feet deep. It's one of the deepest lakes in the world. And I think it's definitely, like, the deepest lake in North America. Now, you don't listen to this show for history lessons. Hopefully not. 
So let's get into the, the creepy stuff. Now, when Matthew C. sent me the email, he's like, yeah, I'm sure you know about all this stuff. And I didn't. So I had to research all this. Some of this stuff that we're going to talk about is just kind of, eh. But and you're like, don't waste my time. Just skip to the good stuff. But it sets the mood for how creepy the area is. Some of it's just like, that's probably not true. And we end with a truly creepy mystery. And again, you're thinking, just go to the mystery, Jason. Skip all the stuff that you're going as eh. This isn't eh. This is cool. The Native American legend, there's these two giant gods fighting. And that's what caused the mountain to blow up. And what happened was one of the dudes got his heart ripped out and then chopped into a bunch of pieces and thrown into Crater Lake. And he's just floating around in there. Now, what do you do if your heart's been ripped out and you're a bunch of pieces? You turn into a giant crayfish, apparently. Because for the longest time, the natives had a legend that the... Because it's literally like a crater. It's like you can walk along, be walking through the forest, turn, and then there's a steep drop into the lake. And that's how the first white person almost discovered it. He was walking, he was looking for some gold, gold, lost gold mine up there, which is another weird story. He gets to the crater and he has a horse and the horse stops... And he's thinking, what? why is the horse stopping? And he looks down, and it's like a, this huge drop into this bl- crystal blue lake. And that was the first time a white person had ever been recorded seeing it. So, quite dangerous. But so you, There's also beaches if you go the right way. But the legend is, is that late at night, or during the day, it probably doesn't matter, honestly. It's not in my notes that says late at night. But if you're wandering there alone, this giant crayfish will reach out of the water and grab you, drag you underwater. I should say right now, I don't know what crayfish is. But anyways, I imagine it has, like, claws? In 2002, which is fairly recent, there was a sighting of a creature in the lake a block long, just under the water, this huge black shape moving under the water. Now, when she says a block long, I imagine it's like a giant rectangle, but it was actually like some sort of sea monster. And she reported it, and people are like, eh, you know, maybe. There are park rangers in the area, though. Who, that, that's their beat. That's where they're always at. They're doing their Crater Lake thing. There's an island in the middle of the lake called Wizard's Island. And there have been reports late at night. That I know for sure this is late at night. That you would see fires on the island. And park rangers would be like, what? A fire? Like, especially new park rangers. They're like, we better get out there. They hop in the rabbit rowboat. They're all, why is this so slow? Anyways, so they why does it still have a pirate flag on it? So they pull up to Wizard Island and there's no fire. They'd also hear people like partying deep in the forest on the island. There's no partiers. Then they would go back and tell the other park rangers, the more veteran, the more seasoned park rangers, and they'd be like, yeah, that kind of happens all the time. Don't go out there. It's kind of spooky. Like, you'll see it, and you just kind of ignore it. So even to this day, there's stories of like curses and things like that in this area. Now, there is a huge... I was reading the article, and it said, there's an old man who floats in the lake and i was like what there's an old man just floating in there uh no it was a bit misleading there is a tree called the old man it's just like a tree that broke off or like from erosion the entire tree fell into the lake and most of it's underwater but the like top is sticking out a big chunk of it's sticking out it's been floating in the tree has been floating in crater lake for about 100 years it just floats from one end to the other Kind of bobs around, moves around. Now, I guess I should have said earlier, this is a really big lake as well. It's super big. So it's not just like a tiny little lake, which would be technically a puddle. But so this thing floats around. And I was like, okay, there's a tree that floats around. That'd be kind of cool to see and maybe to like go out to and stand on. And it's like, woo. But there was a story I read. This is where I was like, eh. 
the scientists wanted to launch a submarine, a little submarine into Crater Lake to see how deep it was to do some scientific experiments. And they go, well, you know, we don't want the old man to hit our sub. So let's lash it down, bring it to shore, and then we'll let the sub in. And then we'll unlash it when we're done. And when they lashed the old man and they brought it to shore, a massive... Those aren't gunshots, that's lightning. Range. Coming down. So anyways, they're like, oh my god, we must have angered somebody because this... Now, again, this story involves scientists. The scientists go, oh no, because we lashed this tree down. The storm has come, let's unlash the tree and they... Cut the rope and the tree floated back out and the storm ended. That story is, I can guarantee you, is 100% made up. If it's not made up, they brought a tree to the shore. A storm happened to develop, which if they were checking the weather, you know, they would have known it was coming. That obviously didn't happen because if at any point scientists were like, hey, let's just remove this one object from this observational area and something drastic happened and then they cut it and it ended, they're immediately going to say, let's do it again. They're not going to be like, must be magic. They're scientists. And I know they might be mad that their lab coats got really wet, but still, you would say, let's do it. Let's just do it again. If that, let's just see. The scientists would be like, okay. So I, that story, I was like, that's pretty ridiculous. But I'll take the giant crayfish. I'll take the the wizard island with the spooky lights on it. Maybe even the sea monster, because why not? It would be kind of hard for a sea monster to get in there, because again, all the water is from snow runoff and rain it's not being fed by any canals at least that we know of but here's an interesting story 1975 everyone's kung fu fighting disco is king there's this photographer who's like you know what 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 i want to do mom and dad and they're like take photos and he's like yes good good guess so i'm going to hop in my volkswagen bug take my camera and i'm gonna go take these photos they're like, okay, that's what we expect you to do. You're a grown adult. You're a photographer. Why are you telling us? Just leave. Just go. He's like, okay. He drives away. Totally disappears. Totally vanishes. And of course, so they start looking for him. He said he was going to be in the Crater Lake area. They start doing uh, searches for him. Can't find him. Now, anytime there's wilderness, it's really easy to die. It's really easy to get lost. If both of those happen, it's very easy for your body to never be found. But a while later, these dudes are walking by. These dudes are hiking. And they see a box canyon, which apparently is a canyon that's a rectangle. I don't know. I imagine it's like a tiny, like, little canyon. It's not like a grand canyon. There's only two types of canyons, grand canyons and box canyons. Anyways, they find this body laying there in a box canyon. And so they go get the rangers. They're like, oh. And they go and they get the rangers. And the rangers are like, sure, we'll be there right away first we gotta lash down this tree for the 10th time and see if a storm develops they're like quit messing with the tree go pick up this body the rangers get out there and they find an incredibly bizarre scene they find a body kind of so imagine a person a dead person laying down on the ground and their back is kind of propped up against a log so the legs are stretched out right in front of them their back is arched up you know, like back set up against a fallen log and they're just kind of slumped over. Dead. But erase everything above the ankle bone. It's just completely gone. And you go, well, yeah, if a body dies, there's a chance that he's just going to get scavenged by all the crazy little animals. But here's the thing. there. Let's go from the top down. Obviously, there's no torso. We already said that person was gone. No t-shirt, nothing. 
Now, it's common when people are stuck in really cold environments. There's this weird thing where they actually start to feel too hot. Their body overreacts. They start taking clothes off. And it was snowing when he went missing. Actually, 102 inches of snow in that area when he went missing. So he was in an area he wasn't prepared for. But they find this guy, or like I said, what's left of him. So they don't find a shirt. They just find a pair of jeans and a pair of socks. And the feet bones are in the socks. So like the ankle bone and all the little broken pieces of the little toe bones, because they just fall off, are all in the socks. But the pants are still laying there perfectly fine. So like I said, if someone was leaning against a fallen log, and then everything above the ankles just disintegrated and the pants just fell empty. Oh, and a piece of his skull was found farther away. Just a piece. A piece of his skull was found farther away. No other bones, no other flesh, no other blood, nothing. All they found was a pair of jeans, a pair of socks still in the jeans, and feet bones in the socks. Like he had almost melted away. You're thinking, scavengers, Jason, scavengers. The, the police had a couple weird questions about this. One, where were the shoes? Scavengers don't eat shoes. But again, they go, well, he could have taken them off because he was suffering from this delu- hypothermic delusion where he thinks he's really hot. So he could have taken the shoes off. Same thing could have happened with the shirt. The thing is, is that he was 12 miles from the trail in 102 inches of snow. So they're thinking, how would he have... He didn't have the equipment to be in the snow. He went up there. It got super snowy. He disappeared. They ended up finding his car, but they didn't find his money with him. He didn't find, never found his wallet in his pants, and they never found his camera. So the police are kind of baffled. To this day, they don't know if he was murdered and he was robbed and then dumped somewhere remote and someone took the rest of his body as a trophy. He has the trophy thing wrong. He's like, I really like feet and I'm a serial killer and I got to keep a trophy. And then he gets home and he's like, oh, he took home everything but the feet. He's like, oh, I can't go back and get it. Left it in that box canyon. They don't know if it was death by misadventure or they don't know if he was murdered and butchered somehow. But if you think, oh, maybe he just ran afoul of a serial killer, let me tell you about one more inhabitant of Crater Lake. Bigfoot. Bigfoot's been seen there. He's actually a total dick because this Bigfoot, the Bigfoot in Crater Lake, is known for picking up pine cones and throwing them at you. So, maybe he's just trying to play baseball? Maybe these are special interdimensional pine cones that make you melt everything but your ankle bones? But quite aggressive Bigfoot sightings in that area. So who knows? From a crayfish, to a sea monster, to Bigfoot, to a log that can cause storms. The area could be full of supernatural events. Could be a perfect place for a serial killer to dump a body. But whatever the reason, I don't think I'm ever going to Crater Lake. It just sounds super spooky. Plus, I'm not a big fan of lakes. Who wants to be above something you can't see under? I guess that's called floors, actually. (laughs) DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. Peace.